this one. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Making the Dough Show. I'm John Cohn. I'm Nate C. Murray. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing okay, John. I'm doing okay. I have to do a podcast first. I feel like we should just get it out of the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just do this. Uh, John, we have to begin the podcast with a written statement. Yeah. Uh, take it away. Okay. Uh, as our several listeners know, in the past, I have ended our show by saying, back Amanda Palmer on Patreon. Unfortunately, moving forward, I will no longer be finishing the podcast with this tag. My intentions for the tag were ironic, and if you've followed the career of Amanda Palmer and her, in my opinion, misuses of various crowdfunding platforms, you may have picked up on my tone and what I was saying. However, it was recently brought to my attention that Amanda has set a backer number goal that, when reached, will unlock a goal in which she performs a song naked. Uh, Now, I have no issue with nudity. She can do what she wants with her body. And in fact, she has performed naked before. Uh, What I have issue with is accidentally promoting this. Or people thinking I'm pledge driving for her to achieve that goal in an effort to get someone to take their clothes off. Uh, The issue of women accepting money for nudity is more nuanced than me making a joke. So in the interest of not being related to that topic or bringing it to a board gaming silly podcast, uh, that tag will be retired. And if it was misrepresented by anyone as an actual ad for her Patreon, I apologize. Uh, I think that was a really mature statement. Um, uh, that being said, I'm going to still say not to shop at Mattress Firm because fuck Mattress Firm. Good, good. As you should. I, I, uh, I was hoping against hope that someone had an Arnold Palmer Patreon <laughs> where, they'd, where they just posted uh, tea and lemonade, and lemonade. <laughs> uh, like, like every week or every month, a new recipe. Uh, and then I was going to start an Arnold Palmer uh, Patreon uh, where I did just that yeah. uh, and just made terrible Arnold Palmers. Uh, but someone on, on Patreon named Arnold Palmer, who seems like a nice gentleman, I didn't do much research, but has kind of a family thing about fatherhood and this and that going and so I won't direct toward him because I don't want somehow that to become a joke either right get to do better research uh, yeah the, an unfortunate thing and and uh, hey you know uh, yeah a lot of lot to unpack on it and I was just like I saw it and I was like it was just a groaner it was like oh I don't want to be associated with that sure and, sure well you know you could also be uh, trying to say uh, back Palmer lucky on Patreon, but um, also fuck that guy. So there you go. We're all good. Yeah. yeah. So probably not gonna, <laughs> probably not gonna to recommend any Patreons uh, anytime soon until I don't know if we launch one. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we will. We don't know. Instead, instead of trying to have people support their money and put it somewhere else, let's just try to get people away from spending money on bad things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah. That, yeah. That way you don't feel you don't feel taken when uh, when when you've spent money on something and then and then it turns out to be horrible like. So many things end up being. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, again, not, not referencing that horrible, but just like, yeah, yeah. there was a, I had so many other things going and then saw that and was like, hmm, let's dodge out of the way of this one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know who's great on Patreon? Love the Doughboys. <laughs> Doughboys. I don't, I don't think that gets me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we've, you know, we've mentioned our love for them. I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I was at a show this week. I went and saw a play um, and it was during intermission. I... I you know, turn my phone mm-hmm. off of uh, airplane mode, and we were chatting. And you sent me the lit- link to Mitch Live, yeah. and so I'm like the only guy at, at live theater in the middle of an intermission. Like, oh sweet, let me get a minute of Mitch in here. Yeah, my, my Mitch minute in the intermission. Uh, uh, it was it was great. Uh, Not the show, the the right. Mitch minute. The, yeah, the gala, give or take the gala, but the Mitch minute. The know? Mitch minute was which is was where it was. the concept for that seems to be, and I tuned in midway because I found it through Twitter. But it seems to be where he is forced to host a talk show. 
but they tell him none of the bits and none of the guests beforehand and just kind of run up those blue cards that Letterman used to use. Mm -hmm. They'll run those up and then he'll start reading off them and realize suddenly he has to take the SATs live <laughs> or uh, it can, can, Kamal Nanjiani came out. Kamal Nanjiani. There we go. Thank We're you. good. Official pronouncer of the show. Yep. John Kahn. Uh, he came out and guested, and then uh, Armin Wiseman came out and was very, very weird. Um, <laughs> and so it was, a, it was a fun time, but that was a nice evening. Which brings us to our next guest on the show, Mitch. <laughs> hey! Just hey. kidding. We don't, we don't have Mitch. Uh, hey. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't do impressions. Well, well yeah. We'll, we'll, we're also going to bring on... Uh, oh, here he comes. Jason Manzukas. What's up, jerks? <laughs> All right. So uh, let's let's get into uh, some more yeah. updates on on what we're doing with our company here. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. First things first. We were talking about um, our game Pun Pong. Yes. Um, also known as we bought Pun Pong. I'm getting ahead of you on this one. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm stepping in. Wow. Uh, Just cut up. Wait. I yeah. get no bits now. <laughs> I get one bit. I surrendered voluntarily a bit that should have been, but we bought a sell sheet. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so Pun Pong is coming along pretty nicely. Uh, we've had some talks now. I think we've talked a little bit about uh, who we've been in contact with. Yeah, Odd Hackwalder out of Taiwan, who is both a game designer of uh, prolific nature and uh, a manufacturer printer. And so we will likely be working with him on this. And uh, getting a little more promotion through him and helping him promote one of his word games that he sent over to us. That was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So this yeah. is a really nice way that, especially when you're early out and trying to you know, get your game into as mm -hmm. many hands or at least get as many eyes onto it as possible, uh, having an opportunity like this where you know, he's trying to get a game that is getting a lot of uh, eyes on it. We're trying to get a game with a lot of eyes on it. And, you know, we can kind of scratch each other's backs here. Right. So uh, yeah, we're we're still in talks, uh, so we don't have anything official yet. Right. But uh, I think we're going to at least try to p put something to all of our backers and post that you know things are moving along. Right. You, you yeah. know, the last thing that you want. I, I, now there, you can go two ways when you have a Kickstarter with updates. You know, some of these guys they post you like an update every two or three days sure. for the entire right fulfillment bit, process, and it's much. like, oh yeah. man, just mm -hmm. just back off a little bit i already bought the damn thing like don't right. you don't have to share stuff every single day yeah um, but on the other hand you don't want to seem like you've just taken their money and up and disappeared exactly and we've only had i think one update since our kickstarter sure. ended which uh yeah you, know, you, no, you want to just make sure that people understand that you're still working on it and we're right. still going um, yeah not obviously not everybody who listens to this podcast backed it not everyone who backed it listens to this podcast so correct um we want to we want to be able to be uh, just john's mom Yes, my mom. That my mom did back the game. Center of the Venn diagram, and I just <laughs> hope she listens. She does not listen. She, she does, does not She's not either. super clear on what podcasts are. I had to download all of the first season of Serial for her years oh, ago, okay. and oh, uh, yeah. it was when, when, it was, when we released Adnan, or are when we're in the process of being manipulated to release Adnan. Sure, uh, but in any case, not backing off that one. That's, that's fair. That's Adnan's fine. Adnan's guilty. <laughs> In any case, I downloaded that one for her, downloaded the app, and, and had her be able to listen to it that way. But I'm still not clear that she even understands what podcasts are. I, Amanda and I had this conversation over dinner last night as well, as she was unclear. And she's like, how do I listen? I'm like, well, I, do you like Bread and Circuses on Facebook? Yeah, I said, well, we post the links. Said, okay, but then where, where does it go? Because Anchor is 
probably could have a bigger play button if I was to say something about it. Yeah, a yeah, that's big true. old play button would be yeah. nice for Anchor. Well, I think one of the coolest things that Anchor does is that they get your podcast into all the other different services. So, like, we just yeah, got an email from why, Anchor yeah. this week that said that we're now on Stitcher. Yeah, so Amazing. if you have Stitcher, like, you can now download our podcast yeah. uh, through that. So it's it's nice to be able to have it, you know, through the iTunes. I yeah, use something that's... called uh, Casts. Uh-huh. That uh, you know, it's got yeah. a lot of them. It doesn't have all, everything, but it has that. And so I'm, I'm really excited that we're, we're on my kind of default app now that I go to. It's kind of like, a, ooh, we really exist. We're in, we're in the space that I like to listen yeah. to podcasts. Yeah, and that was what I was excited about when I found Edgar was that it did all that for us. And that's a lot of time saved that we don't really have with, with all we're doing. Right. Um, and speaking of all we're doing, yeah. we got uh, all of our art in. For Council of Verona. Correct. Hector turned over all the high res. I'll be downloading that as soon as the internet works here. I'm having a tough day at the office, but that's okay. Uh, Hector did an amazing job. He is really uh, one of my go-to guys for kind of a cartoony style. And um, this one, he you know, he, he sussed up just right. I feel like it's perfect. People are going to be excited. Michael has been very excited seeing it. He um, took a break from Facebook because he was so busy. But he's promised to, to go back on as soon as we send him art. So... Yeah. That'll be great. So in the next week or two, we'll be sharing that. Yeah, and it looks fantastic. Having the colored art is yeah. so much nicer. Right? It's so much fun yeah. to see. Uh, and, and now we're talking. Uh, can we say who we, yeah, we can cover art? Yes, the box yes. Art? Yeah, so I, in following the bit, uh, Jacques Davis, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right to so me. So Jacques is uh, a, a, an amazing illustrator. She did uh, Perlock Holmes for mm-hmm. IDW um, and has done several other games that uh, if she's touching it, you're, you're, you're gonna the game's going to pop. Yeah. And so she was absolutely the first choice. And so I just got the email back that it looks like that will all work out. And so we're going to have a really, really pretty game here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, Perlock Holmes, I remember when I was at my first Gen Con trying to sell King of the Creepies with IDW, mm-hmm. and they had a big stack of Perlock Holmes there. And like literally people would just run up and, I don't have no idea what this is, but I need it because this looks amazing. Like that game flew off, of, out of, well, it was like a pyramid. So it's not off the shelves, but it, it yeah, flew off it flew, the pyramid. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the box art popping so well. And also because... Believe it or not, people like puns. <laughs> I, the, you want to talk about We Bought a Sell Sheet? I believe I've told this story before, but that was uh, Eric Sauer's first game sale. And I believe it was his first game pitch. Hmm. And he sat down and he had Daryl Andrews with him, who we'll be interviewing shortly. Uh, and so Eric started to unpack the game and he goes, it's Perlock Holmes. It's a family-friendly deduction game. And myself and Jerry Bennington... Uh, IDW business development director of things, which include games. Uh, I was seated about to demo and Jerry was standing and I just looked up at him and we did, you know, we worked together long enough to know what a nod means. And then we looked at Eric and we said, we'll take it. <laughs> and I'm saying Eric and it's Steven Sauer. It's very annoying. Uh-oh. Um, and so he had a funny look on his face and he looked at Daryl and Daryl's like, yeah, so they do that. Yeah. The, that yeah point with these impressions yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing, If they're a little grumbly, I can, yeah. Uh, it's because my nose is stuffed, but we're both having allergies because we're both uh, frail, frail people. As Delaney always says it, and she has to do it in the, the most antagonizing voice ever, that I am a delicate flower. Ah, uh, that's a good Delaney. Uh, it is, go. that is. I'm a delicate flower because, yeah. yes, I, I've had really bad allergies for the yeah. last week, and uh, yeah, it sounds like you have too. 
Yeah, so it's been rough, but um, no, so that's the, the true story of the first sell sheet purchase. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, back, so back to Council for I really want to focus on this. We're going to, you know, we're going to build out a larger campaign and, and keep people involved and be sharing a lot of art. We're currently in talks with some marketing partners, mm-hmm. uh, which could vary from several publishers to a classroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, we've got a person that we know um, who teaches marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, who, who knows marketing and social media better than, than today's youth? Uh, the so, youth. And, and, you know, I've just, I've never been able to be the guy who like walks into a classroom. It's like today class, we have a special guest yeah. and they're going to be introducing our next big project. Yeah. yeah that feels good. That feels cool. Yeah. It's a cool thing to be able to go in and say like, all right, this right. is who we are. This is what we're doing. You know, maybe we got a whole new group of play testers too, yeah. which would be really cool. What, um, if, they, what if, what if they don't like us? That's very possible. I'm fully. High school expecting. kids are mean. Yeah, that's true. This is oh. a senior class, though. So seniors, I feel like they they kind of grown up a bit. They're like they're not implicitly like, trying to be evil anymore. They're stoned, or yeah, right. <laughs> they're either really focused on college or really focused on not. Yeah, there's look, no more middle ground. By either the time way, you're a senior, right? You're, you're, you're in, burnout or you're hyper. But if you're in class, and then it's like today class, we're going to be playing board games. It's like when I was in high school, and they'd be like, okay, we're going to watch some like terrible movie in class it's like right. I don't give a shit what movie we're watching it's we're watching a movie class. in the classroom yeah. we're not sitting here listening to lectures all day we're having fun in the classroom and so like that's a totally different experience I think that, that is I know it's just it's funny I, um, I volunteered for this thing called the Junior Achievement Society which is teaching uh, children about business and much younger though I taught fifth grade oh uh, and that was great you, you do several modules and run them through a company and it, it went very well but uh I'm not a youth anymore, and it was funny because I asked a kid if he was understanding, and uh, this little fifth grader looked up at me and he said, "It's all Gucci." Oh, and I was unaware of what to say back because uh, I wasn't sure if I were part of the Gucci gang. I was not. I, yeah, so uh, so we'll see what kind of slang terms they throw at us and if they understand us olds. Sure. What are you going to wear? Are you going to go like suit? You're going to go... Uh, I think I'll probably be wearing the shirt I'm wearing right now. This okay. is my favorite shirt. It's Just my like Rob Lowe from the Grinder nice. shirt. Awesome. It's a shirt he actually wore on the show. Yeah. Um, I wear this shirt whenever a special occasion. Today is my birthday. That's so right. I feel We're like, recording uh, on your birthday. Yeah, so I'm, I'm wearing my Grinder shirt today. Mitchard Grinder. Nice. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to go and do that. We'll probably do that in uh, in the next month or so, and yeah, we'll definitely talk about how the experience went. And yeah, yeah I think it's going to be cool to have just kids like coming up with a, a bit of a marketing plan and coming up with new ideas for us that we haven't maybe thought of. Right. I'm yeah, I'm very excited. I and my uh, you know my family, my grandparents were educators and and administrators, and so I when schools get the opportunity to do something outside of the norm, I felt like my my upbringing in college and high school didn't do enough of that so Mm -hmm. I'm so excited when I see a school that does this like bring in business experts to teach the kids or bring in board game nerds to teach the marketers like to give them something more than the standard read a textbook take a test which was what I felt I had too much of and which was why I was probably on the uh burnout side of the senior classroom instead of the uh, you know achiever side sure but hey look at me now mom (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's a new group of uh, potential playtesters. And speaking of playtesters, we're going to have a big playtesting uh, event soon. Yes. Uh, because we've got a few games that um, we, we've purchased uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to be uh, p- publishing. Uh, P- Picture It is one of them, the one we right. got from uh, Rocco. Yeah. Rocco Privatera. 
Uh, hopefully I'm Wasn't saying that right. Wasn't even going to go there. And then we've got uh, Creature Feature, and you could say this is designer's name. We blew our er- er- art budget. Oh, wait, no, no, not my nickname for the game. Eric Slauson. Eric Slauson, there we go. My buddy Eric. Yeah, yeah, so we've yeah. got um, those two games that we're going to be doing some deck yeah. work on. And yeah. uh, you know, I have very little notes on Picture It. Do you no, picture it. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of, we played it with my game group a few times. Yeah, and it's, it's gone over really kind of, well. Yeah. I don't think there's much to do there. Not going to mess with that much. But uh, with Eric, I, um, and with Eric, I, I want to talk about the score system with him, and I think right. that's the biggest thing. I think, and then we of course we have to address the art and how you know the black and white versus color issue, right. um, which is just going to be an ongoing nightmare. I think we're going to go color. I think we're just going to spend the money, but yeah. it's just wasted because. It really, even thematically, should be black and white, but it feels too cheap if you do it. So True. it's just, it's an ongoing nightmare. True. Um, speaking but, of games that should have been playtested, boy, is Roll For It bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you sent me a message earlier this week, and then like two days later, you sent me another one, just really to put a, an exclamation point on the end of, uh, of that sentence there. So truly, truly, truly. I'm adding it to the list of Mysterium of games that if you say, hey, will you play this? I'll say, nah. And that's not something I like to do because I want to play what you want to play, and I don't care. I played, I'll play a two-hour game of Munchkin with you. Sure, okay, sure. that's fine. I don't mind. But but uh, those two, and there's one more I can't remember. But anyway, you know, I, I bought Roll for it. I haven't played it. I okay. bought it mostly Return because it, it was uh, well, it was during the holiday season, and there was at Target, mm-hmm. um, there was mm-hmm. that huge deal you told oh, me. Oh yeah, I know. And so I got it for like games. dirt cheap, and yeah. mostly because I wanted a bunch of dice for prototypes. Yeah. So even though I've never played it now i feel okay that i just harvested it for dice <laughs> yeah yeah for that you got a good deal so you know you've started uh, john's horror corner to, do, to to branch out our uh, our content yeah. for this site and, and interact with people more and maybe i branch out nate's uh groany mechanics or something like that maybe sure. that's content i, I pick up because there's some very simple fixes that could have been done to this game that would have made it uh, a game nate's creaky corner Creaky corner, creaky mechanics. Creaky, yeah, you just yeah, gotta tune yeah. Them up. It's got a couple creaky ones, man. And I think I, I was tweeting with uh, Zhang, Ian Zhang, uh, a name, a name I love to say. Um, and you know, I think we agree with just a couple of simple tweaks. It, it becomes a game. So, so it's like the Suicide Squad of board games. It's the movie. The movie had had some issues, but I felt like if you just tweaked like. Three or four things. It's just ninety minutes to ninety-two minutes of it. If you just if you just cut out half the characters, mm-hmm. changed the villains, mm-hmm. um, and and made Amanda Waller a hundred percent different, uh-huh. you'd have a really good movie. Oh, that's it. Oh, and also not made Rick Flag the main character. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Those were like that's eighty-seven minutes of problem. That's fine. <laughs> that's then not that barely a. Barely, barely a glitch. Other than that, great flick. Sure. That, sure. that fun fact, that is one of the only movies I've walked out of. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was out at minute seven. Ooh, oh, minute seven. When they first meet uh, Fire Guy. Yeah. And uh, the guy goes, hey, Cholo Vato, put down the burrito. Ooh. And I was, couldn't figure out, there was, there was no burrito involved uh, in the scene. He was just like meditating. And mm-hmm. I just was like, hmm, hmm. And it had already been bad. Uh, and I was next to a snoring Daryl Andrews. Okay. <laughs> and uh, just all those things culminated in me going to enjoy my night. Sure. There's only yeah. two movies. Oh, and I was in, in Indianapolis, so that uh, probably made it worse. Yeah, I know how much you hate Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I walked out of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. Okay. Because I yeah. hated it. And yeah. it wasn't Sherlock Holmes. It was yeah. no, 18th it century Iron Man. Yeah, um, it was. I walked out of the scene where he 
we have a whole scene where we watch him explain what he's going to do in a boxing ring uh, and we show him how he's going to beat the shit out of this guy and then we go into the moment and he does exactly what he said he was going to do so we watch the same scene twice the first time with narration the second time without and I said ah well, this is this is done for me. <laughs> the second movie I walked out of was not my choice, but I went and saw Toys as a kid with Robin Williams, oh. um, and my mom hated it so much that she made oh, me leave. Oh, loved Toys. I loved that movie. It wasn't yeah. until recently that I watched or listened to a How Did This Get Made episode about it that I realized it it actually is a terrible movie. Oh, but, is it? But yeah. I love it anyways. I still love it. Yeah, there's 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 some movies you don't rewatch with very intentionally at this age because you know it's not going to be good. Yeah, it can't hold up. But uh, boy, Toys in my mind I'm just gonna live with that yeah do yeah yeah I will I just will. keep it I there will. cause uh, yeah it turns out on, on rewatch it's, it doesn't quite have the same magic okay okay yeah, yeah. Right. But what, what can you do but uh, yeah anyways we're, we're gonna be uh, back, back to the original thing we were saying we, we're yeah. gonna be doing some play testing for yep. Picture It and mm-hmm. for Creature Feature Creature Feature and the one yeah. thing we had said to, about to be named later right right yes that's not the final name and Eric is Eric was very cool about that we, yeah we, I spoke to him after and he said that's fine and, it, and it's just again it's only because of how big I think this game is it's, absolutely it's in Creature Feature if this was a one off small thing is a great game name. Mm-hmm. There should be a game named Creature Feature. Right. Absolutely. But this needs to be a system. This needs to be something bigger because it's so good. It's so fun. It's it needs to be multiple genres. It's mm-hmm. just it it's a it's one of those games that you're gonna reskin in a bunch of ways. Yeah. And so I just don't know that starting out of the gate with that, I, I worry about it um, locking it down into a niche. And so that's what I'm scared of. And it could, and I could be over, I'm oversensitive to naming. We've identified that. But, yeah, but you also changed some names. Like, I've got a game coming out. Oh, God, I technically still can't talk that. about it, but um, it's going to be announced right. October. Yeah. But uh, I had a name for it that yep. was eh, not great. And yeah. you, you came in and said, hey, that, that name's not great. Yeah. Uh, let's try this one on for size and, and it knocked it out of the park it was a fantastic yeah. name uh, it, was, it was a thousand times better than what I was working and with and the company doing this again that we can't talk about first John sent me the logo and I was like oh my god it's the best logo steal the logo guy and then he sent me the interior art just guy and I was like oh my god best art and then I saw the cover and I'm like come on yeah, yeah. so that's gonna be a killer yeah, I'm, no, I'm so stoked could not be more excited yeah. hopefully by the next episode we'll be able to talk about that's it that's great Cause so uh, happy it, it, I think I can at least say this it is a game that's just in time for Halloween yeah so it's right. gonna be on Kickstarter in October um, yep. I'm, I'm still not entirely sure which dates but um, that's that's happening so that's an interesting strategy that they're keeping it this close to the vest with this short uh, a time left yeah so this will be kind of something to study because I don't you know the whole point when I approached you about all this and said let's get on Mike let's talk about it early we're talking about games that are two years out sure and they've got final art on a game that I mean yeah well it's right now they've got final box art um, right. They got the logo, right. but um, they're still they're still working hard on on all of the cards. The, the thing is, is they've had a pretty busy schedule this year. They've had uh, at least one major game that that everybody, if I said it, would would know what it is. Yeah. Um, but the big thing here is is that this game really deserves to be a Halloween game. It needs to be mm-hmm. 
you know, it's, it is, it is themed that way. And so they've been, haven't had a lot of, you know, time leading up to, to really push it and announce it because they're, they're, they're working their butts off just to, to get it ready and have sure. it ready in time. For okay. This, well, this I, I'm going to say this. I, I mean, this is something that always scares me, but, um, they don't have the board game geek listing name right now. Okay. And so someone can, someone can swoop in on that. And so it, like, like, it feels like it's maybe time to get that at least, I, yeah. you know, because, uh, I'll tell you that story off air. Um, someone angered me and I almost, I almost did a mean thing to someone who did a very mean thing to me. Uh, and I did not do that thing. So I'll, I'll just say it. A designer backed out of a, dis- a deal and uh, I almost decided I'm going to design my own game with that name. Okay. I, I did not. I breathed. You know, there's there's bigger fish to fry. You don't have to fight every time. But uh, he, he did us very wrong, like incredibly wrong, so wrong. And then uh, and then I noticed that oh, hmm, this would be interesting. But just, didn't just do just it. But, but I worry because your name uh, is. Uh, something that someone could make like that could come up with and, and would have a viable claim. And then you guys have done all this work and you're like, Oh, we don't have our board game geek listing, which is very important. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it'll be interesting. They're doing a very different approach than us. Yeah. And that reminds us, we should go grab all our, make sure we have all our board game geek listings. So yeah, that's true. Note for the week. We've got some, but, um, I don't think we have all of them. Yeah, I don't think we do either. No, no. So yeah, that's that's a good thing, good lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lesson that we're continually learning. Always learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn from, those kids are going to teach us more than we teach them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, that's, I mean, I would say that that would be a really a good experience walking out if they taught us a bunch of stuff that we didn't know. Yeah. And we, we, we're the ones who gains the most benefit from this. It's fine with me. It's okay. I, no, I, I'm, I'm happy to learn from anyone. I think that's a, a big trait. I never want to stop learning. Yeah. Even, you know, people who rub me wrong, if I still can work with them and learn, it's, it, it, it's all worth it, you know? Sure. Well, so uh, uh, speaking of kids and the way that they're learning and communicating these days, oh, yeah, uh, okay. this is a good segue that's into my uh, thing of the week, yeah. which is uh, American Vandal. Okay. So... Uh, Something we both love. Yeah, so, so I, loved, one. I loved season one. Mm-hmm. I thought season one was kind of, it came out of nowhere and was yeah. like my thing of the year. It was yeah. the best show I watched. It was something that had been gone from zero expectations to, oh my God, you got to watch this. It was like Cobra Kai, right? In, in a yeah. Way. Yeah. Um, yeah, a show that both of our partners, by the way, did not enjoy at all, right? Delaney watched it. Okay. Amanda didn't. Was like, this is ridiculous. She watched it through. Okay. Um, but, you know, she didn't quite have the same gushing, like, this was a, an incredible experience yeah. coming out of it like I did. Yeah. But, uh, you know, after se- season one ended of American Vandal, I thought, well, that's it. Me you too. Know, I, was, totally, I thought it was a one-off. This is a one-off, and it was just a really special little thing. And then I didn't even think they were going to make it anymore. And then they said they were coming up with season two, and I was like, mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's maybe a great idea. And then they said that season two was going to be all based around a poop joke because the first season's all around a dick joke. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of interesting stuff that they did with the dick joke that made it actually very funny and much more complex than than you would imagine a dick joke could get. <laughs> they broke down the the, the art stylings and, and different styles of. Right, and and I feel like downs you could have. Yeah, but but when when you're dealing with poop jokes, I feel like there's no there's no ceiling for poop jokes. There's only a gutter. Um, there's nowhere yeah. really for a poop joke to go other than being a gross out humor joke. Totally. Um, yeah, I was worried about that as well. Yeah, so I will say I was shocked then to 
love season two mm-hmm. of American Vandal. Maybe not more, but I would say as much as I loved season one. I felt like it had the level of quality and more than that, because it, it definitely wasn't as funny this season, but it was had more heart. It was right. darker. Yeah. And I think it had a really interesting commentary on what kids like or their lives are right now, totally. what the experience is. I think they, they say really well that you know, you're kind of living, everyone's living a double life. Um, right. the, the life that you're actually living and the life that you're projecting on social media. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, it deals with a lot of bullying. It deals with how bullying has changed and how it exists right now in, in this social media rich landscape. And boy, does it make me happy that I did not grow up in a time when social media really existed because I, there's a, there's a number of things that, that surround one of the major characters in this that I watched it and went, Ooh, this would be, this would be posted that I've done something very similar to this. Sure. No. When I was in high school, I was awkward in high school. I was, I was a little weird. I was on the improv team. Sure. You know, I did a lot of the theater stuff and you don't want, yeah, you don't need, you're weird, right? Like yeah, you're, you're weird. You're weird. You're, you're trying, weird you're trying things on. Yes. You're trying things on. I Absolutely. tried on, I was trying on 30 inch bottom Jinko pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there are pictures of me in, in some hats that are maybe not the best hats for human beings to wear. Yeah. Um, that, that don't yeah. make you look great, but no. there was, but there's no record of it now. It, well, besides it, all your saved calendars. Of course. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. Who hasn't printed out their own calendars? Right. Did you, uh, there was a great breakdown of why those are photoshopped, by the way. Just to sidetrack. But a professional artist who was heavy into Photoshop was like, here's the filter, here's the tool, here's the this, here's the that. So, yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, I, I really I, I recommend if you, if you watched American Vandal Season 1 and are feeling hesitant to get into Season 2, like I totally understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely worth watching um, they, they have maintained the quality of the show um, I, one thing though the uh, if I am going to ding it for anything and you and I both agree on this I, I don't find poop jokes funny no I, I had to turn my head a lot this season I think it's, I think it's mostly gross it's gross out here yeah. for the sake of being gross and I don't particularly love that so right. yeah the, that aspect of the show wasn't wasn't really for me but the mystery of it which you do get into the mystery the I was mystery very is, into the mystery is, yeah. yeah it pulls you right I in thought, and it doesn't let up I, don't, I can't say who I no. thought it was we'll, we'll say who we thought it was afterwards but um, no I watched this well and, and I thought I agree with you that it was more serious it was more mysterious but the character growth was so interesting. I mean, it was it was very good. I, yeah. I I'm gonna watch season one again because it's like eight episodes in one day. When I'm right hungover, I'll watch it again. Sure. And then I'll think again on it. But for it was just it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Can I, and if you haven't seen it yet, start with season one, watch yeah. it, and then, mm-hmm. and then go to season yeah, get two. to know the kids and all that. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, what's your thing for this week? So, I'm stepping into your realm, Ooh. Uh, and so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover both a book and the author in general, who I find to be an interesting person. Okay. And who I had a lovely evening with on Saturday night with uh, Skybound editor in chief, former IDW editor in chief Chris Ryle. Okay. Um, so Grady Hendrix is an author um, and soon to be much more. I believe. I think he's uh, bubbling up. Uh, in the horror scene and kind of bringing back horror in a big way, um, some retro stuff. He did a book, Paperbacks from Hell, that kind of cataloged all these 70s, 80s horror boom books and broken down into the categories. I have it in my office, and I had I actually had to tab out because I was using it for a project. I had to tab out Murderous Babies, Holiday Murders, like Fantastical Beasts, it, like, and he breaks it down. It, it, it's bizarre what they did in the 80s. But anyway... 
on Saturday at Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore. Uh, I love Mysterious Galaxy. It's a great place. I went and saw Jim Butcher there. Yeah. Uh, if, if I wasn't kind of working, I would have told you guys to come down because it was oh. well worth the thing. We were, at a, we were at a function, so okay. it didn't matter. There it's... you go. But um, he was there to promote his new book, We Sold Our Souls. Uh, let me give you the pitch of We Sold Our Souls and I'll give you no more plot. Okay. Uh, you know how the lead singer of so often goes to the crossroads and sells his soul for fame? Sure. What if he sold the rest of the band's souls instead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, that's, that's the thing about Grady is that he, um, he identifies a point and expands from there on the, and, and you're just immediately in like you're, you're sold his first book I believe is called Horror Store with Umlauts Over the O and it's a zombie thriller in an Ikea that also sounds fun it's perfect his second book which I picked up while I was there because I had already bought We Sold Our Souls but I wanted to support Mysterious Galaxies so I bought My Best Friend's Exorcism <laughs> so these are punny names is, is the book written as, as jokey funny like is it like a no, Seth Graham Smith not. funny or does it take itself seriously it's a it's a tone that I enjoy it's a it's a really poppy tone like they they cruise along you know um, but but yeah he's going for building real ambiance I mean Horror Store builds a, a very a, the, the creep uh, comes in nicely you know it starts it, it, it's the it's the perfect horror he's a very He's read all this horror, so he knows start with setting a slightly unsettling scene, mm-hmm. build a normal day, go even more unsettling. And, and that's what he does. And, and We Sold Ourselves is probably the darkest of his books, but um, yeah, very good. All of them just uh, good reads and, and good fodder for worlds. Uh, but, but more so, if you get the chance to go to a reading from him, you got to do it because... Uh, this time he, he's like, I don't want to just do a reading from my book. That's boring. If, if you buy the book, you'll read the thing. So instead he put together a 30 minute keynote on the satanic panic, which is, uh, in the eighties. And this is like, it blew my mind in the eighties because we caught a little bit, I think at our age, like mm-hmm. kind of heard about this stuff, but in the eighties, uh, starting with black Sabbath, according to Grady, um, it, the, the ties of the devil to heavy metal music oh, yeah. and then play the records backwards and they'd say you could hear a message right. from yeah Satan. so there was some Zeppelin stuff but that was more magic but Sabbath was the first to invoke the devil mm. and then this went on to Dungeons and Dragons had a lot of you know the devil was coming and this and that and what I wasn't aware of and then he's doing and he's a wonderful performer who goes all over the place and he's reading so as he's bringing up bands like Kiss Knights and Satan's Service he's reading from passages from their biographies instead of his own book and I now have to go read Peter Chris's book because he sounds like the dumbest. <laughs> like he sounds like a pretty bird. It, like it just can't believe. And it, like it just story, the stories of debauchery are insane, but also of just the egoism that was going on. Now it was Peter Chris, the cat face. I believe it was, was cat face. Child? Okay. I believe cat face was Peter Chris, and okay. he talked. Yeah, but completely insane. And then um, also these trials. This one prosecutor in particular was going after um, institutions. There's a very famous, I get, I'm going to get it wrong, but Macmillan's preschool, that the children testified that they went to the preschool, were flushed down the toilets, and then forced to work for the devil and like tortured, and then came back up out of the toilets and then were sent home every day at this preschool. John, these people went to jail. They went to, they went the, to jail. The runners, the, the runners of the preschool went to went to jail. 
there was another case where uh, I believe again it was like a, a a couple who ran a daycare out of their home, and um, the children were thrown into a pool that had sharks in it, and then resurrected through black magic. Oh. Again, they they went to jail. I didn't know that there are like sharks could breathe chlorine. That's what you took from that. <laughs> I mean, this is the note you want to hone in on. You, I, I you, mean, I just I feel like I know this, quite a bit is, about sharks. John gave me a note on a, on a story I wrote about alcoholic cats in space, and John read the thing and he sat and he goes, "Okay," and he goes, "Hey, hey Nate, cats are colorblind." Well, because so, he kept talking about the, he kept talking about color was a very important bourbon, but he yeah, kept yeah. calling it amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, and staring at the blue ball, which was the blue Earth. ball, yeah. but but uh, yeah, cats are colorblind. Yeah. You know, I. I Quick, quick detour. I just watched the most recent episode of American Horror Story: Apocalypse, which is is just as garbage yeah. as it's ever been. And there's a whole bit where they take a snake's venom and they put them in apples, and everyone eats it, and they're gonna like vomit themselves to death because they've they've injected, uh, they've swallowed oh, venom. But well, here's the thing: that's not, not how venom poison. works. Right. Venom okay. needs to be directly um, injected in your bloodstream. Okay. If you drink venom, it's not really gonna do much. It okay. might make you a little sick. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna anyway. Give, sorry. Sorry. I'll, I'll give you the the venom. Thing. Okay. But. But I was talking about children being resurrected by black magic, and you went, sharks be chlorine. There were no sharks, John. There were no sharks. Evidently, obviously, there were no sharks because sharks can't breathe in chlorine water. And I don't think in the 80s they had saltwater pools. Okay. That wasn't really a thing. Anyway, there there were like 25 of these cases. Now, or 26, I believe. 25 spent some time in jail, but got out. There is one couple still in on a satanic panic case charge. So, just amazing presentation, which leads me to, if you get the chance to see Grady talk, just do it. He, he did this other piece called Summerland that is, was an hour. I had no idea what I was walking into. and It was, this, it was the history of uh, mysticism and talking to the dead, which was something that, you know, like that douche John whatever would talk. Is there someone in the room? John with, Edwards. John Edwards, yeah. yeah. So, is there someone in the room with the name B and yeah. all that? and. And it was the story of where it came from, of these two young girls and how it, the, it, they rose to fame and then their lives were torn apart. It was very, like, cripplingly sad and beautiful and wonderful to learn all this history. And, uh, I mean, I was just teary-eyed listening to it and even talking about it again to someone else. Like, it, it, just the most powerful hour of, of storytelling you could ever do and, and about a really interesting topic. And so I think what's cool about Grady is that he's writing these great books, but also when he's out on tour and when you're coming to see him, he gets that he should give more. Mm-hmm. And so the amount of time he put, he's only doing this paperbacks from hell to, or no, I'm sorry, on the souls, souls one like five times. But the amount of research and notes he put into it was, I mean, it was a lecture. It was amazing. So, um, yeah, just a heck of a guy. And I hope to see a lot more from him. I think we'll see him, I, I'd guess, TV at some point, hopefully. Okay. I mean, movies? I don't know. I don't know where he, he could go anywhere. It's a, a huge talent, a lot of fun. There you go. Got it. Well, that sounds like something really cool, and that sounds like definitely something that I would get into, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. But what, and his name one more time? Grady Hendrix. Grady Hendrix. Okay. Well, X. And it would X. Be, yeah, okay, yeah. with an X. Yeah, with an got X. Got it. All right, cool. I think that's about all we've got today. You're, you're going to need to come up with a new sign-off. And insert funny... Uh, yeah. Uh, Grinder rests. There we go. Yes. Grinder never rests. <laughs> uh, and yeah, don't shop at Mattress Firm. That's it. All right, that's it.